Welcome to Every Beat of Prayer, a podcast of the Highway Community, where we talk about the songs we sing and how they shape us as a church community. I'm your host, David Haley, and I'm excited to share this conversation with you. Here we go. Welcome back to the Every Beat of Prayer podcast, everyone. This is David, your host, joined here in the studio once again by Nick Bartunek, our creative arts pastor. Nick, hello, sir. Hello. Hey, David. Hey. Uh, it is great to share this space with you again. We're diving into some more of the songs that you're introducing for us as a church community in this season, uh, the story, where they come from, uh, what you hope that they do within us uh, as a church, and also getting a little bit more of the you know, the story, the background, the scriptural grounding for where the song comes from. Uh, we've got a good one today. Uh, this is one that you introduced to us over the summer, I think with like a pump organ mm-hmm. uh, on stage. Uh, this is a song called Nothing Something. Yeah, yeah, Nothing Something. Yeah, so um, where to begin? Yeah, I'll talk a little bit, can maybe like the origin of the song, because I think I, I think that's helpful. I don't know if there is like a epic story behind it, but I think it comes from an interesting songwriter that's got some some interesting uh what's the word that i'm thinking of he he has a it's not his first rodeo i'll say yeah. that right yeah yeah so the fellow or one of the fellows that wrote the song is uh pat barrett most people probably don't know the name but they know the song so pat barrett wrote good good father build my life right um he was kind of part of a worship collective called House Fires. He's the House Fires guy. Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I would highly recommend going back and listening to those like early House oh, Fires yeah, they're albums. Awesome. They're really beautiful. They're really, really beautiful. It's really just live worship being yep. recorded. And uh, we've done some other House Fire songs that were led by other other sort of voices. But um, he's he. Uh, here's why I think it's kind of interesting to understand sort of where Pat Barrett's coming from. So. My sense of the chronology of Pat Barrett as as it pertains to the public eye is like, here's this guy doing worship collective stuff. This is how it always starts, by the way. There's nothing, yeah. you know, there's nothing. This is a this is not a fresh new way of <laughs> of, you know, discovering worship pastors. But you have these like not maybe small town, but like maybe they're just at a church and they're just writing music for their church and they're gr- amazing songwriters and God has gifted them immensely. Mm-hmm. And they're writing songs that have something that, you know is powerful about them or really touches people. And then some guy in an office somewhere is flipping through the radio and lands on Caleb and goes, who wrote this song? You know, or whatever. Right. Or maybe he's just browsing Spotify. Right. Now it is probably browsing Spotify and finds this song. Like, you know, I think this song's going to be huge, you know? And then they, (laughs) then they call another guy in another office. And, and so really like Pat Barrett had this massive mega hit with good, good father. That's just, just undeniable. And of course, what happens, I call this the John Mark McMillan syndrome because people are like, oh, yeah, I love the song, How He Loves. It's a great David Crowder song. It's like, no, actually, John Mark McMillan wrote that song and then someone heard it and then had a larger artist re-record it. Right. And that's what happened with Pat Barrett. He People heard Good, Good Father, re-recorded it. You couldn't stop hearing the song. Yep. It was everywhere. You know, I think Chris Tomlin and a few other people yep. had like big, big hits with it. Um, Shane and Shane, you know, any, yeah. anybody that was anybody was like recording the song, um, uh, you know, so, so that's, so that's kind of how it started. But then, but then he like continued to put out great songs and then eventually like Pat Barrett started co-writing with people like larger names like Matt Redman. And, and so what I'm trying to illustrate here is that there was this like incremental 
raise in energy exposure the bigness of the songwriting kept getting getting bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger um he also actually co-wrote um the song merciful father with matt redmond that mm. we do as well so we we had done that especially during when we started streaming merciful yeah. father we have da, 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 da. like that that was a pat barrett collab of course there were like 12 other songwriters on that song <laughs> in in christian songwriter fashion but um, he was one of the primary people. So then, uh, you know, speaking of Spotify, it's like pops up one day for me, you know, here, here's an artist you follow. You might like his new album. And so this, so I'm listening through and nothing, something was the first song. So what's cool about this song, I think, is that it completely does not rely on bombastic production. It's not a big song with a bunch of musicians and some big name to support the song. Um, it's it's Pat Barrett and a guy named Dante Brown, and and an amazing B three Hammond organ player. Yeah, and that's the whole song. So I'm like, wow! Like there's something that was like extra powerful about how not loud it was. Yeah, it was just the vocals. And so I think like in terms of a story around a song, I actually think that's really cool that that he did that because he could totally have like blew the roof off, yeah. you know, and made it this like huge. Um, kind of gospel jam, you know, but he, he pulled it back and it was more of a gospel like ballad, I yep. guess. So um, I was, I was moved by that. Um, again, that doesn't necessarily mean that I would want to play the song inherently uh, because it like has like that aspect to its story. But then I actually started listening to the lyrics and was like super touched mm. by them. I mean, it actually like made me pretty teary the first yeah. time that I heard it just because of the season that it came out in and, and just the message and, um, and Dante Brown's just got like a phenomenal voice and their voices together, like harmonized, just sounds so good. And there's this actual uh, kind of almost orchestral or like cinematic quality to how the organ is like building tension and swelling and coming back down. It's just a really nuanced song. Yeah. Um, and also really singable too. And just, there's, there's just so much about it that is a great, it just be, is a great worship song. Yeah. yeah. Well, this song is uh, pretty much, scripture yeah. set to yeah. melody absolutely <laughs> it absolutely is yeah so i would love to read the actual yeah. scripture that it's based on um this is first corinthians chapter 13 and um i'll read the first i'll read the first two parts basically um so it says this if i speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love i am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Um, and then it continues on, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease, blah, blah, blah. So you, you could keep, I mean, there's a context to the verse, obviously. But um, those first kind of two paragraphs, if you will, that's verse 1 to 7 mm. of, of chapter 13 of First uh, Corinthians. I mean, that's the song, really, yeah. in essence. I mean, there's there's some lines in there that, like are capturing the the uh uh sort of I don't know what the word would be the maybe just like the idea that that Paul is using there um 
to, you know, they, if I could dine with Kings and Queens, my name go down in history, but if I have, but if I don't have love, you know, it means nothing. I mean, that's not in the scripture, but this idea of like, I don't want to be a clashing symbol, you know, if I, you know, yeah. So anyway, you should go read the lyrics (laughs) and you'll see that, that it's, it's, it's taking the kind of, um, the idea or the mechanism that Paul is using yeah. and then just kind of inserting some different, some different lines, but, but mostly drawing really on that verse yeah. directly. Yeah. It's pulling really from, uh, like you said, that first Corinthians 13 passage and really kind of contextualizing it. What I really appreciate about the song and find so powerful about it is the way that it contextualizes it in the kind of like in the day to day experience, Yeah, you know, and it also nests with, uh, you know, this uh, Jesus's greatest commandment that we're kind of like is the foundational scripture piece for us in this yeah. new season at Highway to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Like yeah. this, this, uh, that kind of love being at the the core and the center of, yeah. of all that we do. And that's really what the song is drawing us into. Yeah. Um, and in in the like really kind of like sneaky practical ways, like every time we sing it and we hit that like if I'm too proud to forgive before the sun goes down line, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> man, because it's so easy to not do. You yeah, know? absolutely. Uh, but if absolutely. I don't have love, yeah, that means not. You know, it, it means nothing. It's I'm, like, yeah, I mean, let's think about that just for a second. I mean, Paul is saying that you can be quote unquote correct, like that, because that's what he's talking about. He's talking yeah. about like correctness giving your stuff away you know speaking in the tongues of angels i mean these amazing things like that would at face value put you right with god or Mm. or or maybe imply that you are like righteous and Mm -hmm. sanctified but if you have no love it means nothing i mean think about that for a second none of that means anything that's some ecclesiastes language right there you know (laughs) so i think that i mean that's that's the part for me where i was like okay so on a number of like very basic levels this song ticks all the boxes for me easily singable based in scripture um you know is is a, is a song that is it can be powerful it can probably be rearranged in some ways but then you look at the the message that it and the, that it's tapping on in scripture and say that's a huge that should be a huge convicting message oh, yeah. for us as the church today um especially you know where he says you know um i want to move my brother cries out for help you know like i i i think that that also, I also one reason why I picked this song is that it captures uh, a lot of what we're talking about in this new volume two of Highway. Really trying to be missional. Really, mm-hmm. like instantly when I heard that line, I thought of our work at Hope's Corner mm-hmm. of like, you know, just that there's consistent pressing into like providing basic help for people. Yeah, you know, and trying to do that in a way that makes people feel loved and and sh- and and, re- and acknowledges their dignity. Um, so that there's also an element of this kind of being a little bit of an anthem for us as a community yeah. in the season too. Um, that it, it should be a reminder for us as we sing it about what we should be doing. Yeah, but also like how we do what we're doing should yeah. be filled with love, right? Yeah. That. Um, and and a love that I mean, I feel like Paul does a great job of describing what love looks like there. You yeah. know, um, it's patient, it's kind, it's humble. It doesn't dishonor other people. Um, so, the song is is I mean, really well done in that regard too. Like yeah. they really 
putting scripture to song is really hard. Yeah. It's very hard as a, as a practice. It's, it can be hard. You, you don't always come up with the best songs. So it's, it's impressive to me. They were able to really capture the spirit of that verse and also make it easily, rem, you know, hooky and, and memorable, but also easily, to, easily singable too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we've, uh, we've started kind of pressing into this a little bit, but like for us as a church singing this song in this season, uh, what are the things that you hope uh, happen in us, uh, happen through us as, as we sing it? How, how do you hope yeah. this song like forms us and shapes us? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I hope that it challenges us and convicts us. Like, mm-hmm. I do hope that when we're listening to lines like, you know, I don't want to be too proud for the song. I mean, I'm convicted by that line as well, by the way. <laughs> um, it's I, I certainly feel that immensely. Um you know, we, we should hear that and say, yeah, like, you know, it should, I want to clarify, it shouldn't be about performance, right? Like we're not, um, it's not, it is that kind of balance of like works and, and faith. Yeah. But I would say that this is a, this is a challenge to our works. Mm. And I think that that's something that the church doesn't talk a lot about because that's been so abused in, in past generations, um, where it becomes all about works and, um, there's not a, not, not a a healthy acknowledgement of grace and the fact that we can't like the, the power of the grace that Christ gives us is that like, we are broken. We'll never be able to do it. That's actually why we need Jesus and why Jesus came to earth. (laughs) So we, we, we are though called to like, I guess what, you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer called like, you know, we're, we're, we're called to have costly grace, not yeah. cheap grace. So this is a song that challenges our cheap grace. Mm. So I want to like emphasize that. I don't want people to like leave Sunday feeling beat up, but we should like have a heavy heart. I think when we listen to this song yeah. in some way, in one way or another. And if we don't, then maybe it's a chance to say like, why is that? You know, yeah. why, why don't I have a heavy heart when I hear these things, you know? Um, because ultimately like, the, I like how you, I like that you touched on the kind of day to day, week to week aspect yeah. of the song, because that is actually probably the most, um, you know, uh, consistent aspect of like where we stumble or miss the mark is just in those everyday like interactions, you know, yeah. losing my temper with my wife, you know, over something dumb, you know, getting pissed off at someone that is, you know, driving like a jerk, yeah. um, you know, making a quick judgment about someone, you know, that yeah. I'm interacting with. Like those are the things that that are probably more pervasive for us and I'll own for myself, probably more pervasive for me. And so this is a great song to just like check some of that. Um, But it's also puts us, I also hope that as people are interacting with it, it will kind of put us in a cosmic like perspective too, like of, of who God is, our own abilities, like the fact that we need, we like, we need love. We need um, to be, acknowledging where we're just as human beings weak in general, no matter how great we are at any, in any season of life. That's a, that's a cosmic ordering in my mind about like where we, where we sit in the hierarchy of like, who's got it right. Right. We're pretty low on that hierarchy, (laughs) but also at the same time, like, you know, there's this beautiful way and maybe I'm extrapolating like some real esoteric angles out of the song, but I just think about how God wants to move in the world and partner with us. Like that's how God wants to do things. That's not just how God chooses to do things, right? It's not up to us. Like God's just made the decision like, yeah, I'm going to work through people and you are my image bearers. Yeah. So in that sense, when we hear a song like this and we're uh, aspiring to follow Christ's commandments to 
do things through love, be, be present when someone's calling for help, forgive, all those things. We're, we're also being called to like live into the partnership that we have with God as, as people of God to care for creation and like bring a redemptive edge and bring the kingdom. Yeah. So there's, you know, if you really want to think deeply about it, in that way too. I mean, that's, you could easily get to, to that point just by thinking about the song's implications. So, you know, I want to clarify though, this is not the most profound theological song I've ever heard in my life, but it's also rooted in scripture. So that's the power for me. Yeah. 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 The, uh, I really appreciate you sharing that perspective on like the, it's a song that as we sing, it can draw us into a a kind of a a reminder of the order of things and actually ground us in humility. Uh, The the point of the song, I don't think isn't for us to sing it and be like, well, I missed the mark this week. So it means nothing. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Go in peace. See you next Sunday. (laughs) Meant nothing. Go home. No, but it's still like, it's still like, it's to move us back into that. Like, man, this is the thing that I'm called to do. Yeah isn't a, a like an, an intellectual understanding or yes. knowing of good theology. I'm yes. quoting right now, yeah, yeah. but a life that's lived mm-hmm. rooted and extending love. And that's what I love that this song does is it, it really pushes us out of our head and kind of like into our heart to then examine like, what are our hands and feet doing, you know, yeah. kind of through, through the course of the week. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, I mean, this is, I hope I'm not getting off too too off in the weeds here or off course to the context of our conversation, but I just, I think what moves me about a song like this is that I do think of all that, that church institutions can accomplish yeah. because um, although it is my opinion, uh, you know, I, I want to like caveat, this is not me speaking on behalf of Highway, this is my opinion. <laughs> Um, you know, the, the church is still, even the, we, so here's my opinion. We are in a post church society and world, unfortunately, um, in the States. I mean, we're quickly becoming a, in some parts of the U S a post Christian society. Um, whereas, uh, talking with my parents, you know, it was like, oh yeah, everyone went to church and there was just kind of a sense that we were a quote unquote Christian nation under God. Right. Not so much the case now. So that's an assumption that, that we can't necessarily make. And but even within that, where the church does have influence still, we, we can accomplish a lot. Yeah. There's still a lot that we can do, and there's still a lot of power and influence that we can have uh, for good or for bad. Um, but what I like about the song is that it is also kind of the, it kind of, uh, it's the, the, it touches on this idea of like the big equalizer is like, hey, well, guess what? None of that really matters unless we have love. Yeah. And unless we're willing to love people in a way that honors them, is patient, is kind, is humble, you know. Um, and unfortunately, I, I think that that can just be really hard for the church to do sometimes. It's easy for us to, like, see how far we've come or what we've accomplished. Um, but at the same time, uh, I've also just seen how uh, the church's has, has accomplished a lot, but then maybe not done it with love, right? Yeah. And so then that there's a hard word for us in Scripture yeah. about, like, how much did we really accomplish here, you know, in that way? Um, so I, I say that with like love and grace for the church, right? Yeah. Of just like, yeah, it's just like we just need the voices and poets of the church yeah. to kind of like remind us sometimes of like, yeah, you can climb the mountain, but if you get to the top, uh, the question to ask is like, did we climb it with through the power of love yeah. or did we climb it, you know, by sacrificing many Sherpas and, yeah. <laughs> you know, 
you know, people dying in avalanches, yeah. you know, or whatever. Right. So um, I, I just think it's good. It's good to reorient ourselves into that that perspective about like where we stand, what we what we need to be thinking about, you know, what's fueling our actions. Yeah. yeah. But in, in a post church, post Christian uh, local context that we're in yeah. here, kind of like what better way to orient ourselves as a church community that wants to bear the image of God in the world around us than to love our neighbor like we love ourselves, than to move when our brother cries out for help, to not be too proud to forgive before, you know, like that's the beautiful thing I think that this song does is it it, it actually kind of like guides us in a way into kind of like how to live out this thing that we want to live out, you know, Um, the kingdom of God uh, in our everyday lives. Yeah, absolutely. It's I would I would also add too that that what you've just said like and what the song is espousing is not a just a countercultural or revolutionary way of acting. It's actually a transcendent way yeah. of acting that goes above all cultures and spaces and times. Um, our our Silicon Valley culture uh, really maybe on paper it would look one way, but as it pertains to how people act are active and are animated in in society. Um, is the antithesis of what this song is actually yeah. talking about in a lot of ways, unfortunately. So yeah. yeah, it's a great reminder to like, how do we, how do we be those image bearers yeah. in our neighborhoods, you know? And yeah. especially as is highway stepping into like more spaces, trying to use our spaces to engage community and bless community. Yeah. Uh, nothing, something is like a great kind of anthem for that yeah. and saying, yeah, like we're gonna. We've been, you know, we've done a little bit of these prayer nights for the for the for the Middlefield Palo Alto uh, facility and and working on safe parking and like um, Jake Dodson has been our who's on staff with us has been talking to the local police departments and letting them know, you know, uh, we've got this program for safe parking and yeah. like. So when I think of those things, I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, nothing, something fits totally in line with like maybe an artistic like response or reflection yeah. to those th- to those spaces that we're yeah. pressing into. Um, so it just makes me excited and and you know I, I again I I think that it's it's been really helpful for this season yeah. and and maybe it will maybe we'll shelve it for a season two and and it won't feel as like resonant but I actually believe that it will always have a a space and time each year yeah. for us to to draw on it yeah. yeah. Uh, final question: uh, Are you going to get a Hammond B three organ uh, <laughs> to, to lug out to the backyard while we're still doing outdoor services? To... Oh man, I have two thoughts that might be disconnected, but in my mind are connected. So I, I, yeah, uh, I'm going to put someone on blast who I love very. I'm not going to put them on blast. That's not the right way of putting. Them. I'm, I'm going to mention someone who, who is a awesome member of our community is uh, Danny Chai, who's yeah. in the worship team with us. If you've ever uh, seen Danny. Play play great keys player um i i had him play organ uh on we have a what's called a uh, there's a company nord they make these great electric pianos and so the piano that we have uh has like a module in it that is meant to be b3 hammond organ and um he was just going like, man, the guy in that song is like such an artist. Like, I don't even have nearly enough of the pedals required to like <laughs> recreate this song. And so we were like scrambling to like find the correct volume pedals and everything. Yeah. And none of it quite worked. And so Danny's like, well, all right, we're just going to do this the way that it is, you know. And so, um, yeah, we kind of joked about the B3 Hammond organ. But for those that don't know what a B3 Hammond organ is, it is a very, you've heard it. You've heard it because it's in the song, Nothing Something. But it is a huge like 
precursor to digital organs that is literally imagine a church organ squashed down to become a jazz like electric jazz organ and it has like a full row of like foot pedals that are basically like <laughs> low octaves it has like multiple multiple octaves on the key so there's like two or even three keyboards and there's like multiple sounds and stops that you can pull so if you've ever seen like those one man band guys yeah. that have like a drum on their back and cymbals on their knees and like a kazoo in their mouth yeah. and the playing guitar that that's the organ version of the that the organ version of that guy yeah and so if you can play this B3 Hammond organ like you are crushing it at life <laughs> in all ways you probably also are like an amazing gymnast you probably yeah. have the body of a you know of an olympic athlete yeah. to be able to do these things so um to answer your question, David, no. No, nope. I will okay. not be getting a B3 Hammond organ. <laughs> we have the the module on our little Nord stage that will just that'll have to do us for now. But but you know, I will I will just say though that Danny did an amazing job of trying to emulate that with you know, with less. He had yeah. less than the B3 Hammond organ. Yeah. He did a great job. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Nick. Thanks for taking some time to sit down with us yeah. and like pull back the curtain on the song a little bit. Uh talk about uh, scripture, the church, how to live a life that, you know, uh, represents who God is and what God does in the world. All yeah. those things that are kind of like contained here in this song. Yeah. Thanks for giving me this platform to, you know, eventually in a later episode, talk about my theories about UFOs yes. as well. So thanks <laughs> that, for that's, that, that. That'll be a, a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks, David. Thanks for for hosting the space. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been awesome to work on this with you, and I am glad to be in these conversations. And and honestly, just really blessed to share it with the community. Yeah. Hope, hope you know, I get to the exciting things that we get to welcome other folks like in the throughout the week to just kind of right. listen in and be a part of the conversation. And yeah. um, that's not always been the case. So you're uh, for other folks that are listening. You know, it's great to share the behind the scenes yeah like you said yeah. of like kind of what what the thoughts are yeah. around some of these songs yeah yeah well thanks so much for tuning into the podcast with us this week uh we'll be back with more uh dig into more of the different songs that we're doing uh where they come from how they fit uh in with the season that we're in at highway uh and what we hope that they do in and through us as a church community yeah. we'll see you next time see you later thank you for joining us on the every beat of prayer podcast This has been a production of the Highway Community, a church rooted in core values of truth, authenticity, hope, and community, and seeking to live out Jesus' greatest commandment to love God and to love others together here in Silicon Valley. If you'd like to find out more information about Highway, or if you'd like to get connected to the ministry here, please visit our website, highway.org, to get started. See you next time. Thank you.